Good evening and hope you had an awesome day. So it's hard to believe another week has flown by and honestly, we could keep digging deeper into the depth of understanding and combating envy if we really wanted to. Like I said, we're literally just scratching the surface, but there are so many more awesome Jewish insights in this area. But for tonight, I thought it would open up a whole different angle for us to consider. See, in every interaction in life, there are two parties. For example, if I wrong someone, there's the role that the person who did something wrong plays. But then there's the role of the person who was wronged. In the area of honesty, there's the person who's supposed to be faithful to their word. And then there's the role of the other partner who's supposed to be trusting. We can go on and on with examples. There are always two players in any given situation. And so too with envy. There's the individual who feels envy and has to work through it and grow from the understanding of it. Like we did a little bit the past couple of days. But then there's also the person who might be the cause of others feeling jealous. Not necessarily even intentionally, but the role of the other does exist. I can't be jealous unless there is someone I'm jealous of. And usually when dealing with envy, we don't address that critical part of the equation. However, Judaism is also sensitive to the idea that one should not induce envy within others. And there are multiple layers to this as well. And let's just touch on a few of them for now. Firstly, there's a principle of lifnei iver lotitein michshal, not to put a stumbling block in front of someone that can't see. This area of halacha places strong responsibility upon an individual to ensure that someone else doesn't fall or falter by you putting something in front of them. If I know doing something will make a person blow a fuse, I, at times, am just as responsible for making them explode as they are for exploding. If I know that if I show a person a certain food, they won't be able to hold themselves back from eating it, even though they should, I too am culpable for the offense. And so too with envy. The question Judaism asks each of us is, is what I am doing, showing or sharing, really done out of inner joy? Or does some of it come from a place of wanting others to see and be envious? Studies are constantly showing that so much of what people post online is because they want others to see and feel like, wow, look at what they did, where they went, what they look like. And the reality is that studies are showing that people are sadly getting more enjoyment from having others envy them than they have from the thing itself. It's crazy. In essence, we live in a generation where people try to, whether consciously or subconsciously, elicit envy from others to bring joy to themselves. And thus the Torah says each of us has a moral and halachic responsibility to ensure to the best of our abilities that we don't cause others the poisonous pain of envy. Our sages even enacted safeguards around things so that one wouldn't do something that would cause another to be envious and embarrassed by their own lacking. The most notable example, tachrichin, burial shrouds. Jews enacted that everyone be buried in the same white shrouds because it was getting out of hand and people were showing off what they could afford while others couldn't, even at the moment of death, when one should realize that you can't take any of it with you. They still wanted to show what they had. And in the process, those that didn't have we're feeling envious and embarrassed. And so the rabbis just said, cut it out. It's enough. Let's even the playing field. Everyone's buried in the same white shrouds. Although to be honest, while in Israel, one is buried just in shrouds and no casket. Outside of Israel, our approach to caskets has unfortunately undone the purpose of shrouds. That's why tradition really teaches that we should only use a plain pine box. Because everyone's the same. Because we all know that there's no greater spiritual comfort for the deceased than creating peace and harmony amongst Jews. And we also know that there's no extra physical comfort to the deceased, no matter how great the mahogany is or the inner bedding. We could take it even a step further. 
See, yesterday we spoke about how envy comes from the lack of understanding that we are given the exact package we need to bring out our own unique and awesome potential. What we think we want that others have might often, if we get it, take us away from our potential. Inherent in this life philosophy is that we aren't here to have things, but to do great things with that which we have. When I do things and show other things to actively cause envy from others, on some level, I am even worse off than the one who is envying me because I've totally missed the boat. If I feel I want others to notice me for the things that I have, well, it's because deep down, I think that this is what makes me worth noticing. Plain and simple, what happens is that if I don't feel like a million bucks, and in truth, our self-worth is infinitely greater than a million bucks, but if I don't feel it, then I sadly resign myself to pretending I do feel that way by wearing something, driving something, or posting something about the million bucks that I have. I'm living a life where I feel that my value comes from what I own, have, where I've traveled, what I live in, when in reality, those were simply the tools to help me do the great things I was meant to do and become. So we see envy, if misdirected, is dangerous to both parties, the one who feels it, and the one who feeds off of it. As always, keep your feedback coming, questions coming, love to hear them. And on that note, wishing you an awesome night, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow.